And we are going to start the show with someone who knows him quite well. In fact, we're going to start the show with the man who gave Adam Peters his first job in the NFL. Scott Pioli, former NFL executive, really one of the most accomplished executives in the league in the last quarter century, now an analyst for the NFL Network, joins us to start off this Friday Hoffman Show. Scott, thank you for your time. Welcome to the show. Greg, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Always excited to talk about one of my former, quote-unquote, young guys, if you call that still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's still he's still uh, you know pretty young guy. Uh, someone that, of course, Josh Harris is anticipating having around here in D.C. for quite a while. I, of course, do want to take a trip in the wayback machine, but I'd be remiss if I didn't just start with your reaction to the Washington Commanders, a team that was owned by Daniel Snyder one year ago, still now hiring the guy that everybody wanted with Josh Harris in charge. Yeah, well, first of all, you know, personally, I'm really excited for Adam. Um, again, I've known him for so long, and I'm just happy for him and his family. And, and you know, and I'm also quite honestly excited for Washington. Uh, I have so much respect for that franchise, um, even though I grew up a fan of a certain team north of you guys uh, up in <laughs> New York. Um, I've always loved the franchise and always respected the franchise. And I'm excited and I'm truly hopeful that this works out well for everybody. Yeah, I mean, it is certainly an exciting day. One of the most exciting days uh, outside of the sale um, that we've had here in Washington in regards to the football team in a long time. So take us back. Take us back to when you hire Adam Peters. What stuck out about him as a young man and how quickly once you got him in the building there in New England did you realize, like, this guy, this guy might grow into something pretty significant one day in this league? Well, going to the Wayback Machine, as you like to call it, I, you know, so I met Adam back in 2002, actually, Um you know, I, Bill and I had left the Jets in in very early January of 2000, and we were in in New England. And even though I was the vice president of player personnel and the head of the personnel department, I was still a firm believer that in that role, the general manager slash vice president of player, you still need to scout. You still need to be boots on the ground, not only to evaluate talent and see talent, um, but also to just to be amongst your scouts. So while I was out there, you know, talent acquisition is players. You're thinking about coaches and you're thinking about possible future employees. So when I was out there in 2002 scouting, I met Adam. Adam was, um, you know, he had done two years, played West Valley Junior College for a couple of years, and then walked on at UCLA as a defensive end. You know, he, he didn't play, caught a little action on special teams. But um, he had finished his his eligibility and was a graduate assistant coach. And, you know, I got to meet him. You always, as a, as a visitor, you always get to meet graduate assistants. Um, they're usually the ones that have to show you around, give you what you need, and, and, and kind of take care of you. So I met Adam, and there were a number of things I liked about him. Um, you, you know, part of when you meet folks like that, you get to know them, you talk to them, you also – you're evaluating him, right? And that was something that I always did. And he stayed in touch with me. We stayed in touch. He only did one year as a graduate assistant at UCLA. And, you know, I, I'm a big believer in, in hiring young people and developing when you see certain elements about them um, and you think that they can be developed and grow into something, you hire them. And, and, and I'll say this about Adam. You know, when I met him, here's a guy, again, played high school football, then went to a junior college because he wanted to play Division I football. 
And he doesn't get a scholarship at UCLA, and he walks on and plays there for two years. And here's what I'll say about walk-ons at Division One schools. Those guys go through it, man. It, yeah. it, is a, it is tough sledding. And if you don't love football, it's a full-time job, right? And if you don't love football, you're probably not going to last. It, you know, he wasn't getting a scholarship, so he wasn't getting paid to do it. He was lining up every single day and paying to do it. That told me a little bit of something, you know, a little bit of something about him. And next year when I had a position open, uh, I, I, I offered him a job and hired him. Wow, that's a that's a great story. By the way, speaking of uh, UCLA guys, uh, my my buddy Logan Paulson, uh, who I do a podcast with, and will join us later in the show, says hello, Scott. I love uh, Logan. He's he's the best. I'm lucky enough to to get to work with him multiple times per week. I just now am imagining like Adam Peters and Logan Paulson. They didn't, they wouldn't have crossed in UCLA timeline wise, but if they had them, just banging helmets. Uh, instead, Adam uh, was one of the people that helped bring Logan to San Francisco uh, when when Logan went uh, when Kyle went. So um, the, yeah, the connections in with, the league are crazy. I was with logan in atlanta and yeah love logan please tell him hello later on you know he and adam have different styles i'll say that you've seen uh, pictures of adam adam yeah. dresses a little bit different than logan I, you know i think they're you know the, the, one guy's going to, to high countries <laughs> they get his gear and and, and Adam's getting his suits tailored for sure. <laughs> yeah, without question. Uh, probably similar football styles, very different personal styles. Um, when you think, that's actually one of the questions, football style, that I wanted to ask you about Adam Peters. Uh, Scott Pioli is with us, uh, of course, now an NFL Network analyst, one of the most accomplished uh, front office guys in the last 25 years in the NFL up in New England. Uh, and you can catch him on NFL Network's game day mornings, airing Saturday at noon and Sunday at 9 a.m. this playoff week. But when you think about like a football philosophy, what would you say mm -hmm. Adam's football philosophy is and how can he apply that as a lead guy and shape this commander's organization, which is a pretty darn blank slate at the moment? Yeah, he, here's what I would hope it is. You know, Adam, he was very impressionable. He came. So one thing that we had in place in New England was a process and a system. It was a process of evaluation and acquiring talent that fit what the culture was. And the culture is head coach driven. It doesn't matter who's the boss, whether it's a general manager or the head coach. The bottom line is the team becomes the head coach's team. So one thing that Adam saw firsthand during his initial years in the league is when I led the personnel department, we went out and found players that fit what Bill Belichick wanted. And Bill wanted big, smart, strong, tough football players that were disciplined and did things a certain way. And if they didn't fit the head coach's personality, they probably weren't going to last and or they probably weren't going to develop. So here's what I know about Adam. Adam understands that. And he understands that he, regardless, his role is to find and acquire talent. Draft it, sign it, get it under contract, and help the head coach develop them. And I think Adam's philosophy is – he, he knows what wins in this league. He's seen it in New England. He's seen it in San Francisco. He knows what wins in the league. And he also knows that the most important part of a general manager and someone who acquires talent is to humble themselves and make sure that they're finding the talent that fits the head coach's needs and what the scheme's needs are. 
And obviously uh, his first task here will be helping to hire a head coach. Um, you'd have to imagine like a Ben Johnson, a Bobby Slowick, uh, two guys that are, are similarly molded to what he's been working with in San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan would be on his radar. Um, are those the two names that make sense to you? And is there anyone else that, that would really pop for you? There's other names. I, I mean, those names and other names. But I, I think, you know, one of the most important things that you can't get caught up in names and recency bias of of success because mm. you have to bring in someone who, again, that you believe in their offensive philosophy, their defensive philosophy, but also make sure that they can lead a team. Just because someone's a good play caller doesn't mean that they're going to be a head coach. We've seen that time and time again. Now there are obviously some people that are good play callers that become head coaches. There have been some very good defensive coaches that have become head coaches. So I think the most important thing is making sure that they have aligned values on what they believe their locker room should look like, what their locker room needs to be like. And that, again, they have to be aligned in their football vision, their character vision, and what they believe is going to work. And um, you don't necessarily have to be best friends, but you have to be able to know how to get along. So the relationship becomes really important because (laughs) here's the truth. You talk about these, quote, unquote, you know, relationships that become like marriages. The truth is the the general manager and the head coach, they end up spending more time together than they do with their actual spouses. So these relationships and then there's the the, the highs of the winning and the lows of the losing where, you know, the personalities um, and, and, and the people are put under a lot of strain and stress. And they have to make sure that they can maintain their loyalty to one another while pursuing the vision. Scott Pioli with us, former NFL executive, now current NFL network analyst. Um, Great perspective. And and one more question for you, Scott, on the way out here. The commanders have this number two pick, um, and it is obviously a massive piece. Number two pick always is. This is a loaded draft. It's a loaded quarterback draft. So Mm -hmm. knowing Adam like you do and the team-building philosophy and, frankly, being someone who helped him shape his team-building philosophy as, as the guy who gave him his first job in the league, like, any any initial thoughts on what Adam is going to be looking at, um, whether it's specific of like, oh, yeah, Drake May or Caleb Williams or one of these guys that like fits what Adam loves or kind of more on a philosophical level where he would probably be uh, inclined to lean with that number two pick once he really gets to work on it? Yeah, I, I think it's too early, quite honestly, Craig. And, and hopefully what he did learn was part of our philosophy that he, he, here's what everyone knows. This football team, meaning the Washington Commanders, needs a lot of players. It's not all going to get done in one year. It's not all going to get done in two years. What you're going to need to do is maximize your player acquisition model, whether that's free agency, whether that's trade, whether the waivers, and, of course, the draft. One of the things that we were big, big believers on in that Adam saw firsthand was collecting a bunch of draft currency. Because here's the reality. You're going to miss. We're all going to miss, and you more often miss than you hit, even the greatest of GMs. So the more opportunities, the more swings that you have at the plate, the more chance you have to be correct. Now, there may be someone you know, at where they're picking that they feel they can't move past, but if they – here's the other thing I tried to teach Adam, and hopefully you know, is that there's the player evaluation part of the process, then there's the draft strategy part of the process. And the draft strategy part – comes in as we get closer to the draft. Make sure you get your board right. Make sure you get the evaluations right. But when it comes down to the strategy, know where you can move to in order to collect 
again, draft collateral, draft currency, and move back and get as many picks as you can if there's someone that you think you can move back to get. So if there's a quarterback they fall in love with that's that's at the spot but they think they can get to five, think of all the draft picks they may be able to get by moving back one, two, or three spots. So, uh, again, to to get too excited of who the right guy is, who they're going to pick, I think he'll have to get in, assess his roster, and and start working on the evaluation part of his own team, the draft board, free agency, and then start thinking about the strategy. No doubt. It's exciting day, but a lot of work to do. Isn't ahead. it awesome? This is like a great it, – it, it's so funny that it, it's sad when some of these chapters end for folks. It really is because I've been yeah. fired too. But then every time someone new gets hired, there's like this rebirth and hope, hopefulness and optimism. So I'm really, really happy for – the commanders and the city of Washington, D.C., for sure. Yeah, and it is a, a hopefully Phoenix rising from the ashes here, uh, even more so than other places, the dramatic nature of the rise, uh, just because it's been pretty low here, Scott, uh, in terms of the football. Yeah. The yeah. Last, See, but I, I remember know, the old Washington teams. Yeah. Growing up as a Giant fan, I had to put up with Larry Brown and Chris Hamburger yeah. and all those guys that used to beat down my New York Giants. So. So I get it. <laughs> hey, here in D.C., we're just happy Wink Martindale's gone in New York. That dude is, even though they haven't won a bunch of games, that dude has terrorized every Washington team since he's been in New York. It's been awful. If I see another Giants blitz, I think I might, you know, I don't even know. Uh, anyway, Scott Pioli uh, on NFL Network's game day morning, Saturday at noon, Sunday at 9 a.m., and uh, hopefully back on this show sh- soon. Scott, that was phenomenal. Thank you so much for your time on a busy day, and uh, we'll catch up with you down the road. No, thanks for having me, and really, I hope you guys enjoy it, and I hope he does a great job for you all. Thanks so Take much, care. Scott. Yeah, that is Scott Pioli with us.